So today is our Thanksgiving Sunday. If you haven't picked that up by now, guess what? Today we call Thanksgiving Sunday. And today is the day where we get as the church to come together and give towards the vision of reach. And I'm excited over the last three weeks, we've talked about reach up, reach in, and reach out. And you see it on that banner over there. And today is very much a part of reach out as we gather as the church with great thanksgiving in our hearts. Not only thanksgiving, but with willingness to say, yes, Lord, we want to come and be part of the giving towards the vision for 2017. Is that a good thing? Thanksgiving's not just a a nice idea. It's more than just a good thought or a good quality, a good choice, though it is those things. It's actually a truth. And it's actually a truth that's essential quality for every single follower of Jesus. A position or a posture of gratitude and a thankful heart is a key attribute to every follower of Christ. And so every single one of us in this auditorium this morning who are followers of Jesus are thankful, aren't we? Every single one of us that's here has a lot to give thanks for. Listen to the words of Paul the Apostle this morning. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. It says, rejoice always, verse 16. That's a big verse, isn't it? Verse 17 is equally as big. Pray continually. Verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now this list that we've just read doesn't exhaust God's will, but there's certainly the three very vital parts to every follower of Jesus' life. Where the Mosaic law or the law that was given to Moses was very strong on outward conformity. It was yet helpless to deal with human thoughts and unable to dictate an inner attitude, even though it was a perfect expression of God's will. But in this verse, we see, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That is significant because only here in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ can the inner motives of our lives be touched and our lives be truly transformed. And in that thought, we see the reach up. God's will for us is in Christ Jesus. That's where we're meant to live our lives from. And that is the the reach up. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks no matter what. Brings our lives into line with the will of God for us. So we look at rejoice always. This was written to the people of Thessalonica. They'd faced persecution from outsiders and a lot of friction within their own camp. And yet, in Christ, they are to become more joyful. Friction. Challenges from the outside. And yet somehow in Christ, they're able to become more joyful. See, the uniqueness of human joy found in Christ is it emerges in adverse circumstances. That's what I love about God-given joy or joy that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because as followers of Jesus, we have the same troubles as everyone else in the world, don't we? Yet in our adverse circumstances, our God-given joy found in Christ shines. It sets us apart. It gives our life a great sense of witness. Do you agree? Listen to a few things that Paul the Apostle had listed as hardships that he faced in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 10. 
Verse 10 says, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, and yet possessing everything. How on earth can Paul the Apostle say that he's sorrowful, but yet somehow he's always rejoicing? How can he say he's poor, but making many others rich? How can he have nothing and yet somehow possess everything? See, this is the kingdom paradox. This is the understanding of a relationship with Jesus when lived out becomes a phenomenal witness to the world who don't have that paradox. Sorrowful yet always rejoicing. The witness of a strong faith. The paradox that even when life is hard, I am still joyful. Then he says, pray continually. This is totally linked to rejoice always. See, the way to cultivate a joyful attitude during trials is uninterrupted communion with God. Again, in that, we see the reach up. The word continually, for many of you, when you hear that, you find yourself thinking, well, boy, I, I struggle to get through a prayer meeting. Or I struggle in my prayer times or my Bible reading. How can I be expected to live a life where I pray continually? And for some of you, you hear that and you almost check out. If I have to constantly pray without stopping, I'm done. But it does not mean non-stop. Rather, it implies constant recurring prayer which is growing out of a settled attitude of dependence on God. See, here's what I find. When our hearts are continually focused on God, that's the reach up, spontaneous prayer will break out. Continual prayer will begin to happen in your life. But it comes out of your primary reach and time with God. An awareness that God is with you wherever you go. As you begin to recognize the presence of God with you in your reach up, spontaneous prayer will begin to break out in your life. And then we find Paul the Apostle says, give thanks in all circumstances. And reading that verse, that implies that guess what? We will have some circumstances. We will face some stuff, will we not? You will go through things. Is anyone in this room that's never had one small trial or struggle in any stage of your life? I don't think there'd be anybody in this auditorium, unless you're one hour old or a day old, that hasn't had some kind of trial or some kind of struggle. The scripture implies we'll have circumstances, but Paul says, no matter what happens in life, we can always discern a reason to be thankful as followers of Jesus. Now, you understand we have an opposition, don't you? The enemy. The enemy just wants to mess with your life. He's out to try his best to cause us as believers to lean into our humanness. He wants us to miss the point of thankfulness and the powerful fruit it can produce through a life of faith. Because you see, if you can live your life out of thankfulness, I promise you it will produce a powerful life of faith. What the enemy wants is that if you're going to exist on the earth, at least you don't produce a faith-filled life that will bless another human being. His will for you, because God has a will for you, but guess what? The enemy has a will for you as well. His will is that you would live in doubt and fear 
and disappointment and discontent. Now listen, we'll all face times where we're afraid of something. We've got a little bit of doubt. There's some disappointment. If somebody tells you they never face that kind of thing, I'm telling you now they are mistaken. Because at some point, every single one of us will go through some kind of disappointment or doubt or fear. Will we not? The difference is we don't stay there. If it begins to grow in you and you can't seem to shake it, then the enemy is at work against you. But as a follower of Jesus, my heart is that thankfulness brings me up out of doubt and fear and disappointment and points me to God. He wants the Christian life, this is the enemy, wants the Christian life to stay mundane and not express itself in action. That's why today is so powerful, our Thanksgiving faith offering. And I hope today that your position as we come to give a little bit later in the service is one of thanksgiving. It's an expression of love and gratitude, worship and faith in God. It's saying to the enemy, guess what, enemy? I might have some circumstances in my life. I might go through some stuff. I might face some things. But today, I put my hope and my trust completely in God. I surrender my life, every part of it, to Him. I have something to express gratitude today. See, it's not dependent on our circumstances, but determined by the revelation of how blessed followers of Jesus truly are. So in saying all that, if if thanksgiving and thankfulness and gratitude are such a vital part of the Christian faith, if in fact they're actually a tool that God has given us to become overcomers, if thankfulness is so significant, then what does it produce in my life? How do I see thankfulness operating on a day-to-day kind of basis. Do you want the answer to that? Well, I've got four small answers for you this morning, and there are a lot more. Here's the first thing that thankfulness produces in my life. Thanksgiving lifts my head to see. What do I mean by that? Well, the enemy wants you to be focused on what you do not have. The enemy wants you to be focused on your pain, your past, your disappointments, your circumstances. He wants that to be all you see. And the enemy will present your circumstances in front of you. All the things that you don't have. His deal is that you wouldn't be able to see how blessed you are. Because all you see is what you don't have. All I see is what I haven't got rather than what I have got. And I can be so focused on what is going wrong in my life that I miss the hope that I have in Jesus. And what thankfulness begins to do is it begins to just lift lift my head Above my circumstances, as I begin to give thanks, my head begins to look to God and look to Him for the hope that I need. And the circumstances begin to just disappear from in front of my vision. The enemy would have you see what you don't have. But listen, thankfulness and gratitude causes me to look beyond my here and now circumstances and look to what God has achieved for me through His Son, Jesus Christ. Let me be really honest. It's a good thing to do from up here, by the way. Paul taught me that. First thing you've got to do is be honest in the pulpit. And be a little bit vulnerable with you today. And it's just for the sake of illustrating this point, because I want it to be real for you. The last few months, I myself have had, or a little bit longer than a few months, a few health challenges. 
Now, along with the physical health challenges have come a few mindset challenges that go with it. I wonder if anybody else who's got some health challenges understands what I mean. See, life for people who are unwell is full of all kinds of frustrations. Is that right, Jill? Yeah, is there anyone else out there that's had some physical struggles that understands that life can just be a little bit frustrating? You know what I'm saying when I say it. And your mindset can become a little bit of a challenge because everything is harder. And yet, I have to be reminded of what I actually have going for me. It's really easy to see what I have going against me. But I need to find a way to see what I have going for me. And thankfulness begins to lift my head to see that I have a hope that is secured and anchored to the Lord Jesus Christ. It reminds me I'm not alone. Listen, you're not alone. God knows your situation. And the promise is he is with you always, no matter what you face. And thankfulness begins to lift my head off my circumstances and remind me what I have going for me. How does that work? It works in many ways. I just want to give you a few of the things that I am thankful for. Let you see how it works for me in my life. Thank you, Lord, that I am your son. For many of us, that's a great place to begin our thankfulness because that's who we are. We're sons and daughters of the living God. Thank you, God, that we have been adopted into your family. We belong to you. That's a great platform for thanksgiving. If you've got a broken home or your parents who are non-existent in your life, a father like I had, guess what? This is a great place to start. Thank you, God, that I belong to you. I'm your son and I'm your daughter. More than that, thank you that I am chosen, not tolerated, but chosen. Thank you that I am called and deeply loved by you. Thank you. This is so important. Thank you that you have secured my eternity where there will be no more sickness, no more struggles. Who can give an amen to that one? Thank you that I am with, not without hope, but thanks to Christ I am full of hope. How about this one? Thank you, God, for the medication that keeps me alive. How about that? Some of us have to give thanks for some practical things that we've been given in life. Thank you, God, that we live in a nation with a first-rate health care where we can get medication and we can get help. And the list goes on and on and on. But we want to grumble about things, don't we? We want to have a moment to grumble, and that's okay. I've had some moments, trust me, to grumble. But thankfulness releases us from the strongholds of pain and deficiency. And it ensures that we don't get stuck. Thankfulness means I don't get stuck grumbling. I don't stay there. I don't bind myself to that. But I get released out of thankfulness because there's so much that I can give thanks for and I make sure I don't get stuck where I am. It helps me see further down the road. It lifts my head from the physical crisis and secures my hope and confidence to who God is. Look at Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2. You know it well. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? I love the psalmist asked that question. And then he says, my help comes from the Lord. And he puts an exclamation point to the Lord. He's talking about the maker of the heaven and earth. He's not just talking about anybody. He's talking about creator God, the one who made the heavens 
and the earth. The God who is on our side, El Shaddai, God Almighty. He's talking about that God. That's where our help comes from. And even the psalmist is able to give thanks. And you're able to give thanks because your help comes from the Lord. There are many people today that don't know where their help's going to come from. But you and I know that our help and our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. So Thanksgiving lifts my head to see. Here's the second thing. Thanksgiving points me to the provider. It reminds me of what Jesus Christ has done for me. It focuses my attention on who he is and not on what is happening around me. It gets my attention on the provider. This is a key. And not only on the provision. It's so easy in our weakness to focus on our need only for provision. And be so consumed by our need for provision We forget in a moment about the provider. But thanksgiving focuses me on the provider, not just my problem at hand. Do you remember the story when Jesus came to feed the 5,000? He's ministering to 5,000 people and there's a need because the people are hungry. And what do the disciples do? The disciples come to Jesus and say, Jesus, the people are hungry. How do you reckon they knew that? I reckon there was probably some grumbling going on. We're hungry. There's no food at this ministry event. Uh, When when are we getting some food? And the disciples hear the grumbling that's going on. They come to Jesus and say, Jesus, there's a problem. People are hungry. Our solution is send them away. Send them off. They go and get some food, take care of themselves. And they see a problem. That's their idea. But Jesus replies, you give them something to eat. What did they say? Well, we only have, we only have one small boy's lunch. We only have, we only have, we only have is destructive language. We only have says I'll never give it because we only have, we've got to hold on to it. It's not going to achieve enough. And in that sense with the disciples, it becomes destructive. And their answer is we only have. Do you think the little boy was the only one that had any food with him on that day? I'd question that. He certainly was the only one that stood up and said, I have something to contribute. See, the disciples focused again on the problem or the insignificant provision that they had. Five loaves and two fish only to feed 5,000. But Jesus models for us focus. He says, bring them here to me. Bring the provision you have. Bring what you have in your hand to me. And then what does Jesus do? And this is profound. He then gave thanks. That's the first thing. That Jesus did when the provision was given. Is he gave thanks and broke bread. You see thanksgiving focuses us on the provider. Not on the provision. And that is a key. It's only a small lunch. It's all we have. Jesus doesn't look at the lunch and go well we're in big trouble. He just takes what was given. Gives thanks for it and breaks bread. Listen, you've come today. I don't know what kind of gift you want to give and what you've prepared. But never ever diminish your provision and what you have. Because given to God, miracles can happen with it. See, today as you come to the offering, maybe you feel like you cannot achieve much. But listen to me. When you come in faith, you give thanks for the provision. Being focused on the provider knowing that he can do the miraculous with what you have given to him. But the key to that focus is thanksgiving. That's why we call today Thanksgiving Faith Offering. Because the thanks is the key part. The thanks focuses us beyond an amount. 
beyond our resource, beyond the provision, and sets our eyes on the provider. And the truth is, it's all about him anyway. And we're here to give thanks. Here's the third thing. Thanksgiving gives me God's perspective. Sounds much like the others, doesn't it? We're trained to see the facts as they present themselves. Are you not? I'm trained to see the things that aren't working or aren't happening or aren't going right. And we're given limitations throughout life in many and various forms. You see, for me growing up, being told, Carl, you won't achieve much in your life. Young man, in fact, your end destination is jail. When people begin to speak those things into your life, it begins to shape your perspective. And you begin to see things a certain way. Now, the key to Thanksgiving is it helps us see from a positive place. It helps us to rise up out of self-pity. And it helps to give us God's perspective. Thanksgiving teaches me to see the good and not just the difficult. It helps me to see the opportunities and not just the obstacles. I now see my struggles that I personally have had in life differently. Now, I'm not thankful for the troubles. I'm not going to say that. I'm not thankful for the things that happened. But I'm thankful for what it has shaped about who I have become through my relationship with God. I'm thankful to a God who, in the midst of my troubles, can work any situation for my good. Does anybody else out there know what I mean? Where your stuff you go through in your life, you are thankful that God is able to even use your adverse circumstances and turn it into something phenomenal. See, a painful past redeemed by God leads to a powerful future. When I used to look at my own life, I saw nothing but devastation. Now I look back and I see the, ha- the shaping hand of God. I now see that God has always been with me. And that which the enemy intended for harm, God has used for good. Romans 8.28 And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. His purpose. See, it's from a place of thanksgiving that I can now see my troubles differently. Can you? It's out of finding the very many things that we can give thanks for. It changes everything. We sing a song, 10,000 Reasons for My Heart to Find. Guys, we have so many reasons as followers of Jesus to be thankful, don't we? That's what sets us apart. The hope you have because of what Jesus has done for you sets you apart. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back and join me as I come to my last point this morning. As we come to the offering shortly, the thanksgiving sets me up for generosity. That's the fourth point. See, when I see things differently, when I see life from a place of gratitude, I'm then released to be generous with everything I have because I know how blessed I am. Is there anyone in here this morning who knows how blessed they truly are? When you know how blessed you are, When you know what God has done, when you know how God has led you and transformed your life, that releases you to be generous with everything that God has given you. Released to be generous in everything, not just in some things. I'm motivated 
Because of thankfulness to be a blessing. Thankfulness will motivate you to bless someone else. Thankfulness leads me to worship. There's nothing like worship from a place of gratitude. God, thank you for what you've done. And I worship you because of who you are and what you're done and doing in my life. That's why I love the gathered church when we come together because we come and worship out of a place of gratitude. It's not Carl on his own giving thanks. It's the body of Christ coming together in worship to thank God who is so worthy of our thanksgiving. And today, even as we give financially, we also, it's worship because we're giving it with gratitude and willingness. Thankfulness urges me to be selfless and to live for others. Again, that thankfulness helps me recognize what I have, causes me to want to make sure that other lives are blessed and touched. I now get to live through thankfulness a bigger life. Talked about that at the beginning of this year. There's a bigness about the people of life, church. It comes out of this place of gratitude and thankfulness and knowledge for what God has done for us. And out of that place, we know God will continue to bless us. So I now live a bigger life. I don't settle with where I am or who I am because I recognize that God has so much more for me. And He is the God who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine according to His power at work within us. That's the God that we serve. Thankfulness causes me to live a big, expansive, and generous life. Helps you to be outward focused and see others' needs. So Thanksgiving lifts my head to see. Thanksgiving points me to the provider. Thanksgiving gives me God's perspective. Thanksgiving sets me up for generosity. In a few moments, we're going to sing the song, Leave Me Astounded. You know, as followers of Jesus, every single one of us, because of what He has done, have already been left astounded, have we not? We have a lot to give thanks to the Lord for. I just encourage you to stand with me in this moment. I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you today for what it means for each of us to be fully devoted followers of Jesus, your disciples. We thank you today for what you have done for every single one of us. We thank you for the breakthroughs we each experience in our walk with you, Lord. Lord, today we thank you for what we do have. We thank you today. We know the truth. You are the provider of the provision. We thank you that in you we see the good, not just the difficult. Opportunities, not just obstacles. We give thanks that we have been released to be generous in everything. We thank you for this significant day, this family day, this coming together in faith and thanksgiving, that together we can see your blessing to us released to achieve incredible things that would glorify you and extend your kingdom. Today we give you all the glory and the honor in Jesus' name.